0: Well it's great that we are continuing this one another series and through this series we're really looking at God's design really for us to live together uh, up close and personal in community and and that's really to, to encourage, to build up, to serve, to love, to teach, to honour, to forgive. So whatever that is we're, we're designed to be together in that as family, God's family. So today we're looking at What's it mean to confess your sins to each other? So take a big gasp or a big deep breath in. Um, and the purpose of this is, is not that we kind of air our dirty laundry with one another or, or, or d- d- divulge our deepest, darkest secrets to one another. No, the goal ultimately with it all is that through this confession, it would lead to freedom. It would lead to healing and wholeness and restoration in our lives. So that's the purpose. If you have a Bible, why don't you turn to James chapter 5. That's where we're going to base our, our time, I guess, and we're just going to pick out some stuff from here. And right at the end of what I share, I'd really love us to do some business with God, really, to search our hearts and ask Holy Spirit to speak to us. So James chapter 5, it'll come up on the screen as well for you at home uh, if you don't have a Bible to hand. It says this, Therefore, confess your sins to each other and pray for each other or pray for one another so that you may be healed. The prayer of a righteous man is powerful and effective. I love that. The prayer of a righteous man is powerful and effective. So confess your sin to each other. Firstly, what I want to say is we've got to recognize that we get it wrong at times. I'm going to say something that might shock us, that might shock you. You are not perfect. I am not perfect. Not yet anyway. Not yet. Although the ultimate price, the ultimate price and penalty for our sin was absolutely dealt with by Jesus at the cross. We are still capable (laughs) of doing some bonkers things at times. You and I are still more than capable of doing crazy things. And I guess that's what comes with free will, isn't it? that it, it'll either be blindly or or blatantly, willfully, we'll make mistakes. We're each on this journey of sanctification. We've been justified, we've been made right with God, but this journey of sanctification in the middle pit, before Jesus returns and we go home to be with him, is where he's just working on our heart and we're being transformed more and more into his likeness, from one degree of glory to an, to another. So this this period of sanctification is really the journey of life, what you and I are on, and we will make, we will say, we will do some silly things at times. But it says in the Bible that actually none of us are the finished article, and if we think we are, if we think we don't have sin in our lives, then we're deluded. It says this in 1 John. 1 John, chapter one, verse eight. And this is really where pride gets in the way. So pride can blind us at times. It says, if we claim to be without sin, we actually deceive ourselves and the truth isn't even in us <laughs> let that sit with you for a moment if we claim if i if you if you and i claim that we have no sin in our lives then we are deluded we deceive ourselves and the truth's not in us let me let me be clear the moment the very second the millisecond we turn to jesus in faith we were saved we were set free, we were cleansed, we were cleaned, we were redeemed, ransomed forever. That very moment, the cross dealt with everything, dealt with all of our mess. And, and boy, I, I knew I was covered in mess. and I'm sure you feel it as well. Man, I'd done some crazy things. I'd said some crazy things. I'd, there, there was stuff in my life that I was not proud about. And the moment I turned to Jesus, I was washed, like the Bible says, whiter than snow. I was redeemed. So all of our sin, past, present and future, has been dealt with. The penalty of sin, the the power of sin has been dealt with. But we still make mistakes. Jesus' sacrifice was enough once and for all. That one sacrifice by the beautiful Lord Jesus Christ was enough once and for all. So I want to be clear about that. It says in the Bible, as far as the east, I don't know which way, (laughs) is from the west, that's how far he's removed our sins from us. And it says he remembers them no more. So I want to be clear, sin no longer defines you. If you're a child of God, if you're a follower of Jesus, it no longer defines you. It no longer has ultimate power over you. But this first point I want to make clear, we still have the capability of sinning. So I want us to deal with pride tonight a little bit. That's the point of confessing our sin. I'll get to that in a moment. That we need to get to a place where we say, search my heart, O Lord. I want to see what's in my heart. And I want to deal with that. Until Jesus returns and makes all things brilliantly new, we're going to make mistakes. Now, that does not, let me be absolutely clear, that does not mean that we settle That does not mean that you should ever give me leeway or I should ever give you leeway. We should settle in our own lives to say, oh, well, man, I'm just a work in progress. I'm on this journey of sanctification, so just have to deal with it. I'll just sit in my mess. No, no, that's never the encouragement from scripture. That's never the encouragement from God. He has empowered us by the Holy Spirit to live and love in a completely brand new way. And it's the spirit at work within us that's transforming us. So we need to continue to walk in step, like Galatians says, in the Holy Spirit, where the fruit, the life of God, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, self-control, just kind of oozes out of us. But we need to stay in step with him. Just before we move on, I want to say that we need to be humble. We need to be people of humility. I need to be humble. You need to be humble. We need to know, man, I've got stuff in my life that I'm not proud about, but I know Jesus is wanting to weed out. So we need, we need humility in our lives to fight against pride that looks to prevent us, that looks to blind us. Actually, some of us, some of you might be numb to sin in your life because you've become so accustomed to it. You know, just a little taste here and there becomes a habit, and before you know it, you're kind of making excuses or you're compromising and, and actually it's, you're becoming numb to it. So that's where we need to say, God, search my heart, know my ways, know my heart and lead me. Reveal stuff in, in my heart, in my life. Because like I said, like it's beautiful to know that Holy Spirit wants to just flash that uh, flashlight into our hearts and, and Jesus just comes and, and weeds out all the junk, all the junk that he gave his life for. So that's the first thing I want to say, that you and I, we need to recognize and acknowledge that we will make mistakes. Let's not be blind to that. Secondly, it's really important, like it says in this text, that we, we somehow brave up and we find someone that we can confess our sins to. <laughs> Open up to someone. Now, this is not an easy thought, right? Think about that for a moment. Tell someone about my struggles and about how I've messed up, absolutely no way. Not on your Nelly is probably the response you have in your heart initially. To confess means to speak up. It means to uncover, to divulge something really that was hidden in your own life. So to actually think about speaking that out to someone else, man, it eek terrifies us, right? But it's important that we we do. It's important that we confess to someone. Now, that doesn't mean everyone. (laughs) Imagine that. Imagine that. Imagine we have a new page on our website or a tab that's like, guess what, everyone? It's the guess what, everyone tab. And it's guess what Sam has done. Man, that would be horrendous, wouldn't it? I'm sure some of you would love to know, but that wouldn't be helpful at all. Um. Just a bit of personal experience here, or personal uh, story. When I was newly saved, or when I was first chose to follow Jesus, um, I, I was so zealous, and we were in small group life, and man, it wasn't a safe space in the end for, for Emma or I, in, you know, as I came to see, because I didn't have this concept of finding someone, someone to share with. In the end, I shared with everyone. And it was—it was, it was actually—I bite my fist, cringing now, thinking about it. Where I just kind of divulge, yeah, we argued about that, or I messed up doing that, I stuffed up doing that, and and I could see Emma at points just cringing in the corner, like, no, not not here, not with everyone, but maybe just with Anne, maybe your friend Anthony that has been walking with you. So, uh, it, although I say it's important to confess, it's not with absolutely everyone, but it is important that you find someone, the who, is so, so crucial. Let me explain that a little bit. Someone someone that you you know and trust, but ultimately someone that you know has your back, someone that you know loves you enough that will not be freaked out by what you're telling them, but equally loves you enough that you won't allow you to just sit in your mess, loves you enough to speak truth into your life, Loves you enough to point you back to Jesus, to say, okay, let's pick you up, let's brush you down, and let's point you back to Jesus. Someone that's going to speak truth in. You know, like Jesus, he was absolutely high grace, wasn't he? But high truth as well. Think of the different stories we see in the Bible. The woman caught in adultery, he stooped down to meet her, and he, he spoke value back into her. He, he, he showed her that she was valuable. And he said, neither do I judge you. He empowered her, but he said, sin no more. And he did that time and time again with people. He met them in love and mercy and grace, but empowered them to live in a completely brand new way. So we need friends like that, a friend that will stand with you. So who is that in your life? Who is the who? That person that won't just collude, that won't just agree with everything you're doing, but will say, man, I love you too much to leave you like this. We'll love you, but we'll speak truth. The friend that will remind you of who you are, whose you are, ultimately ultimately your identity in Jesus. That is a good friend. And we need those people that are going to speak hope in where we feel hopeless at times, because let, let's not be fooled. Sin if you're anything like me, when you make a mistake, man, you, you, you feel guilty and shamed and, and you want to hide, but it's about exposing it for freedom. It's bringing it to a friend where you can stand together and know that Jesus wants to meet you with his mercy. You know, just a note to say here, we're, we're equally not called to be sin police. <laughs> Little sin sirens on our heads, traveling around, ah, sin, I see this happening here, I'll notice this in your life. You know, the Bible's really clear, Matthew. Jesus said, you know, before you notice the speck of wrong in someone else's eye effectively, why don't you deal with that whacking great plank two by four that's coming out of your head? So we're not called to go around just pointing out sin, 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 sin. The Holy Spirit does that. In John's gospel, Jesus is really clear that when he comes, when the Spirit, when the comforter, the counselor comes, He'll convict the world with regard to guilt and sin. He'll do it. So that's what we can rely on. We can rely, we can trust, we can just leave people to the Holy Spirit, to God, and say, hey, He'll do it. He'll reveal. If people are genuinely following Jesus, Holy Spirit within them will convict. He'll do stuff in our hearts. Now that doesn't mean, that being said, He'll show us when we're missing the mark, effectively. That being said, though, although I'm saying don't be sin police, it would be wrong of me. You know, my dear friend John here, me and John here, if I love this guy to bits, and if I knew that there was something in his life that, man, was not good for him, I would not be a friend if I didn't say, hey, I just want to bring this to your attention. I just want to, I love you too much to leave you like this. Although I'm saying we shouldn't be sin police, equally, we shouldn't turn a blind eye either. If we know, man, that is not Jesus' best for your life. You know, the church, historically, I can't talk for the Christendom across the ages. Who am I to do that? But in my little experience, man, it's been horrendous at times. The way we've judged people, the way we've put people out, shut the door on people, the way we haven't met people in love, but in judgment initially. And I feel, man, some of the things that I've done in the past, I'm not proud of. And I'm like, man, Jesus, help me work on my heart. You know, we're quick to bring condemnation rather than looking for restoration. And God wants to restore us. Jesus is about restoration, making a brand new building in our hearts, not condemnation. The goal is helping people free from sin. It's helping people out of their sin, not judging them in it. And you know, we're to forgive, as the scripture says, as the Lord forgives us. There's a high bar right there. I just want to say this as well the enemy looks to hold us in guilt and cover us in shame. They're two horrible twins, guilt and shame, and the enemy loves them both. They're his key strategies, his his left and right hook, guilt and shame. And if he looks to if if he knows he can trap us in either, man, he's he's doing a good job in our lives. And this is how he whispers or sometimes shouts you've blown it. If only people saw who you really were. Man, would a follower of Jesus really do that? Man, you're the problem and you'll never be fixed. These are some of the condemning thoughts that the enemy will whisper into our ears and hold us in that. Remember, he looks to steal, kill and destroy. That's his mandate. That's his goal. That's his job description. But Jesus is he came to give us life and life in all its fullness, life in abundance, life with freedom. This is what he's done for us. Colossians 1, 13 and 14. Check out these verses. For he has rescued us. This is Jesus. He's rescued us from the dominion of darkness and he's brought us. Jesus has brought us in the kingdom, into the kingdom of the son he loves, in whom we have redemption the forgiveness of sins. This is what we've received. We've been rescued from this dominion of darkness, guilt, shame, calamity, anxiety, all of that junk and crud. That whole dominion, Jesus has pulled us out of that and we're seated with him in a whole new realm and we've received forgiveness, redemption. So number one, we need to acknowledge we have sin. I I have areas of my life that the Holy Spirit wants to work on and Jesus wants to deal with. Number two, it's important that we find someone. Who is that someone in our lives that we can just crack open our hearts to and say, oh, do you know what? This is what I did. This is what I said. This is what I'm thinking. This was my past. I I, I just, I feel like it's still got a hold on me. I, I, I need to confess it. I need to speak it out. We need to find that person, those people. And right now, I feel to just pause here for a moment. If, if you don't know who that is, if you're new to this, then, then you can ask. Jesus loves you so much that you can ask. Say, Jesus, please bring friends around me. Bring a friend around me that I can, I can be vulnerable with, that I can be authentic with, that I can, I can reveal my heart with so I could see healing happen in my life. You see, God uses us and we're going to come on to that point right now. So just, just ask him. And and friends, if, if you've known Jesus for a long time, you've been part of church for a long time, but maybe you just feel, man, I'm on the fringes. I don't, I still don't know people. You ask as well. Just say, God, bring, bring some people around me. And also, who can you be that for? Who can you be that person of trust, that, that safe space for as well? And the thirdly, and we're going to finish with this, it's also we would receive healing. We pray for each other, it says in James. Pray for each other, confess your sins and pray for each other so that you may be healed. As I said right at the start, the goal of confession isn't just to go, Oh, thank you. I love knowing what you've done. No, the goal of our defes- uh, confession, confession, <laughs> confession is healing, is wholeness, is restoration. One John one nine. Love this. Man, just to say, I have used this time and time again in my Christian walk. Man, it feels like it's a banner often, that <laughs> I keep coming back to. How about you? It says, if we confess our sin, he is faithful and he's just, and he will forgive us our sins and he'll purify us from all unrighteousness. See, this is what confession does. It, it purifies. God wants to bring healing and wholeness. He wants to purify our hearts. You know, Jesus wants us to receive everything he won for us at the cross. His whole body was broken and battered and bruised and his blood shed and he ultimately died for us so that we would live in freedom and wholeness and that we would have purified hearts. See, that's why confession or this kind of confessing is important because it's about a decluttering, a spring cleaning, if you like, of the heart. And some of the more traditional churches or more established churches, so beautiful because they have confession built into their their rhythm of life, their worship gatherings. They, They often will come together and confess because they know the importance of just keeping short accounts and dealing with stuff quickly. So as a community, we need to be a safe space for people to confess, to know that you and I will be met with love primarily, will be met with love rather than a ton of bricks. And I want to say again, Fine Life Church community, church family, whoever is listening in, whatever church background you're from, if you're a follower of Jesus, there is no condemnation. Condemnation has no home here. It has no place here. It says in 1 Corinthians that love keeps no record of wrongs. Remember, we're family. We're God's precious family, a company of people that Jesus has ransomed and redeemed, set free, and he loves us more than we could ever imagine. See, the ministry of Jesus ultimately brings healing, brings freedom, and we need to extend that same heart to one another. I want to say that sin doesn't get defeated just by trying harder, just by taking a Big, big stoic deep breath and saying I will not sin how does that work out for you that's not how it gets defeated in my humble opinion and what you see in the scriptures is sin gets defeated when someone knows who they are they know their identity in Jesus and through that they live and they move in in an empowered way Jesus has completely and wonderfully set us free so when we mess up, we need to fess up, right? When we mess up, we need to fess up. We need to stand up and we need to say, man, I'm going to confess this to someone else. We need to stand together. This is what I'm going to finish with here. We need to stand together and we need to pray. Because it says here, the prayer offered in faith or the prayer of a righteous man is powerful and effective. Proverbs 28:13. Says, he who conceals his sin doesn't prosper, but whoever confesses and renounces finds mercy. So we stand and we confess and we renounce and we find mercy. Our prayers are powerful and effective because we're righteous. We've been made right with God. Man, that's amazing. Do you know, I just want to hit pause as we, as we just pray together. I want to hit pause. I want us to, just be still for a moment. So wherever you find yourself, friend, tonight, I don't know where you're at. I don't know what life looks like for you. <laughs> I'm just looking at this camera. But you know what life looks like for you. God knows what life looks like for you. So whether you're on your own at home right now, whether you're sat with your family or your partner, whatever you're doing, I want us to treat this as an individual basis, like just search your own heart now. So let's just be still before God. Let's just be still before God. Let's take a moment to review our lives and ask Holy Spirit, the helper, the comforter, the counsellor, the one who God sent, the one God himself that would be with us. Ask him just to reveal what's going on in our hearts, in our lives. Because remember, friends, the goal is healing and wholeness. Some verses are going to come up on the screen to help with this. This is really a prayer of David, Psalm 139. I love this. And we can use this. Use this as a, as a template, if you like. Use this to hold up against our lives. It says this, search me, O God, and know my heart. Test me and know my thoughts, and now see if there is any offensive way within me. And lead me in the way everlasting. So that's our prayer. Search me, O God. Test me, O God. See if there is anything offensive within me, offensive to you and your name. And then lead me in your ways. Just take a moment. Some of you might journal. You might want to just write down, write on a bit of paper. Hey, this is what I feel. Holy Spirit is revealing. Some things could be could have been concealed for a while, and you know, man, this has been a problem for years. Maybe addictions. Maybe there's lusts that you've given into. Maybe it's pornography. Maybe it's anger that you've given into. Maybe it's judgment. Maybe it's stealing. I don't know. What, we could go on and on and on. Just Holy Spirit, search us. Test me. See if there's any offensive thing within me. And lead me. Empower me. Transform me. Heal me. Cleanse me. Wash me. We pray that God's mercy would wash over us. That we'd see how loved we are. I pray for you, friends at home right now, listening, watching. I pray that you would know the love of God really, really close. That you would know how much he adores you. That you would experience freedom in your heart. I pray for you that you would find the right person that you could walk life with. When you get it wrong, that that's that person you could confess your sins with and see healing happen in your heart and in your life. So, Heavenly Father, I thank you for this time. I thank you for your word. I thank you for your spirit. I thank you for your life and your power. And I thank you that you love us so much. You don't want to leave us as we are. You're transforming us to look more like your son, Jesus, the brilliant Lord Jesus. So we open up our hearts, we open up our lives, and we say, change us, God. Heal us, God. Redeem us, God. Wash us, God. Shower us with your mercy and grace, God. Transform our lives for your great name's sake. Amen. Amen. Bless you. Listen, in a a few moments, probably five, ten minutes or so, we're going to have the opportunity as well. If you'd like someone to stand with you, if something's happened in your heart tonight and you'd like just like to stand with someone and someone stand with you and pray our prayer team are going to be ready and and you can receive prayer on zoom in probably five, 10 minutes the link will be um, shared somewhere where where you can access that um, but we've got a team of people ready willing and eager to pray for you so take them make the most of that opportunity